Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Praise God. Um, I have a very special word in my heart for us today, and, it, uh, and I want us to turn our Bibles with me quickly to Romans in chapter 8 and verse 15. Romans in chapter 8 and verse 15. The Bible says, let's, if you got that scripture on, alright, let's read it together, let's go. For you have not received what? A spirit of fear, spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry what? Abba. We cry what? Abba. Abba Father. God is saying, I've not given you a spirit of fear. But what God has pitched against fear is fatherhood. The moment God is saying, I come into your life as a father, fear has to go. There is no room for fear because father is near. Hallelujah. In much of modern Christianity, when we see today, in Christian life, we see that God is addressed as a father. Because God is interested in your lives and my life. I remember the the day my daughter was born. In fact, I looked at my daughter and I said, oh no. My wife's wondering, what, what, what do you mean, oh no? And I thought, I said, no, 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 it's not what you're thinking. I said, oh no, because in 20 years time, she's going to get married. And she's going to go away. I don't want to go. I don't want her to go away. I want to. Then I said, I got an idea. I told my wife. She said, yeah, I know you pioneers come up with all ideas. I said, we will raise a son in the home. (laughs) We will raise somebody who fears the Lord. Amen. Because one of the things God wants us to know is that God is is a father engaged just like I was engaged with the children. Just like I was engaged in the life of my children. God is known as a father who takes keen interest to engage in the Bible. Christianity is uniquely represented where in a trinity, where we have a, a, a father who rejoices over us. A son who obeys the heavenly father but loves us and wants to be family. He calls us brothers and, and he, we are called as the children of God. And we have a Holy Spirit who wants to come and empower us so that we can live a powerful Christian life. Can I hear an amen? amen. So Christianity uniquely has positioned us in this understanding of a triune God. The first passage in the Bible we see where God is represented as a father is in Exodus in chapter 4 and verse 22 and 23. We see where, 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 where it happens when God is telling Moses to go and deliver the people and Moses goes and says, God is telling him, Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I said to you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. But you have refused to let him go. Let my son go, says the Lord. Look what God is doing. God is not just saying, let the nation of Israel go. Let the people of the Jews go. He's saying, that is my family. You let them go so that they can serve me. He puts into, packs into that scripture. He packs family. He packs nationhood. And then he calls it, he he packs the power of sonship. And then he says, let them go. He packs freedom and deliverance. And then he packs and says, he packs into admission so that they can serve me. Hallelujah. When a father comes, he does not come with just one agenda. He comes with the whole plan of God for our lives. Hallelujah. 
In the New Testament, when we see, Jesus introduced the Father. He said, Abba Father. He said, we'll call God Abba Father. It is Jesus who taught us to pray to the Father. If anyone, you know, he said, he said pray in my name, pray to the Father. And the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit, you know, you know, leading us into all truth. And God, as a father, wants to hear and answer our prayer. As a father, Hebrews says that he will discipline us. He will correct us. He will do things in our life that we walk in repentance. That God made himself a father means that God is personally, God is emotionally, and God is sacrificially Involved in your life and my life. Hallelujah. What a good God this is. You see, if he was only a healer, then a healer doesn't need to be emotionally, you know, sacrificially and spiritually involved in your life. You go to a doctor, a doctor doesn't want to be emotionally and sacrificially involved in your life, but a father does. A doctor will give you the medicine and send you home. A father will walk you there, bring you back, take care of you until you're nursed back to health. Hallelujah. That's why he did not say, he did not stop by saying, I am just your Yahweh, Rafa. He said, I am Abba, Father. Hallelujah. God is known in many names. Tim Keller, a man of God from New York who recently passed away. He helps us understand how wonderful it is to have God as our father. He says the only person who dares to wake up a king at 3 a.m. in the morning for a glass of water is his own child. (laughs) Hallelujah. We have that kind of access to God in heaven. Amen. We can wake up three, uh, 3 in the morning. i got good news for you. God doesn't slumber nor sleep. Amen. He wants to listen to your prayer. It does not matter what time of the day or night it is. J.I. Packer says like this to those who are Christ. The holy God is a loving father. They belong to his family. They may approach him without fear. And always be sure of his fatherly concern and care. This is the heart And the message of the New Testament church. If you look at the message of the New Testament church. It was sons that are estranged from the kingdom. And a royal father who paid the price to invite the children back into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. When we think about fatherhood. Today around the world people are celebrating Father's Day. When we think about fatherhood. I want you to understand it is heaven's call. It is a divine role. It is a divine role. No, you did not become a father because you got married. You became a father because God called you to be one. Amen. Oh, that was a, that was a soft amen. Where are my men? Amen. Amen. You are called by God to be a father. Not an accident, not a mistake. It was not something that you, some people say, oh, that was not planned. No, you may not have planned it, but God planned it from heaven. And when God plans something, it is always with a great purpose. Becoming a father, becoming a grandfather, becoming a a stepfather or a foster home father to somebody carries great spiritual power. Because you're packing into that responsibility, stepping into the shoes that God is placing and saying, Lord, on your behalf, I'm going to stand in this place to represent the love of God. And this is the importance of knowing the, the role and the responsibility of a father. The father is to stand as the head of the family. Not as an overgrown boy. Undisciplined boy. But as many, uh, as a man with character and godliness and passion. So many people have grown up 
in their physical stature to be men, but they are still living as overgrown boys. For the last 33 years, I've preached the gospel in different nations of the world. I've worked closely, even with pastors and leaders. And I've found you can have a call of God to be a pastor on your life, but you cannot have grown to become a responsible man and woman of God, that God's calling you to be. So simply because you don't become a father because a child is born to you, you must understand it is a call. Say after me, a call. Say it loud again, a call. It is a heavenly call. Now, people dream of an amazing job, a dream job. When I came here, I was thinking I should tell the people, what is your dream job? And and different people like to have different dream jobs. Uh, People say, oh, he's the CEO of that multinational company, or or he's that principal of that great institution there, or or he's the chair of that great committee of the Nobel laureates and all of that. But you think about all kinds of dream jobs. But I am convinced today, That the biggest dream job I have in my life today. No, it's not to be the senior pastor of the church. Even though that is a dream job. But the biggest dream job of my life today is to be a good husband and to be a good father. That is my biggest, biggest dream job of my life. Because when you look in the Bible, a father represents different things. A father represents different things. Firstly, an earthly father represents God in heaven. Because we are standing in his place. We are representing God in heaven. An earthly father represents the beginning. Uh, He represents God, even God as a creator. You see, uh, God in the beginning, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He was the beginning, he was the source. Even though women are able to carry a baby till nine months and they have the power in them to take what they have, a seed and multiply it and make it into a full grown child. The source, the beginning comes from a man. And that beginning was given as a responsibility to man by the God who is the beginning. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, And so unless, uh, unless a woman... Has a virgin birth, you know. (laughs) Other than that, there's just no way. There's just no way. But even in that virgin birth, there was a command of the father. The father was involved. He, the father, uh, a father on earth represents God the father. A father on earth represents the beginning. He is the beginning of the family. He is the one placed there. He is the source. He is the one who stands there. That is why when we get people married, we make the man say the wow first. He is the initiator of the covenant. Amen. We get the man to say it and we don't get the woman to say, I take you. We get the man because he is representing God. And as he's starting his own nuclear family, he's standing there on behalf of God, in the presence of God, in the courts of heaven, and speaking a wow because God has ordained for him to speak that wow. What does a father represent? A father represents love. A father, a godly father Represents love. One of the big responsibilities of father. And listen me loud and clear. One of the big responsibilities of father is not just to provide. I had a, I had a, I had a man of God who came to me many years ago. He was irresponsible in his family and he was preaching around the world. 
So his wife came to us and complained and told us, you know, you need to help us with our marriage. So I called this couple together and asked him, what's your problem? He said, Pastor, what does she lack? (laughs) What does she lack? I give her clothes, I give her food, I give her children all they need. Why does, I need to go and preach the gospel everywhere. (laughs) I looked at him and I said, before you married her, her father was doing a pretty good job with all of that. He was giving her food, he was giving her clothes, he was taking good care of her. Her father didn't need you to do that. Because many times people think the role of a father is provision. No, the role of a father first is to be there on behalf of God for the family. You know what one of the roles of the father is? Is to love the family. Is to love your wife. I heard many years ago someone say like this, it stayed on my heart. The biggest gift you can ever give your children is to love your wife. That's the biggest gift you can ever give your children. To genuinely love, to cherish, to nourish, so that when the children grow up and they watch the father and mother walking in love, being kind to one another, it becomes a model to them that they say, when I grow up, you know, I'm going to be like this, I'm going to do this. Now, by, by the father's imaginations, my wife and I, we don't have the most perfect marriage, but we are working towards perfection. And I think it was one of our greatest days, a joy in our heart. One day our daughter, as she was growing up, she came up to us and she said, Mommy, Papa, you know, when I grow up, I want to have a marriage like yours. Now when we heard that, you know, we were thinking in our heart, our mind raced back to the beginning days of marriage. <laughs> and my daughter looked at her, my wife looked at her and said, Darling, it wasn't always like this. How many of you know it wasn't always? Come on now. Yeah, it wasn't always like this. Why? Because love is not something you fall in. Love is something you grow in. You grow in love. In fact, love is not a feeling. Love, listen to me. Love is not a feeling. Love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so when you tell me I have fallen out of love with my wife, you're saying I am not bearing any more of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When you say, Lord, I'm struggling to love her or to love him. What you're saying is, Lord, I'm struggling to receive from you to give her. And as a husband of the home, God has called you to love your wife and to love your children. The role of a father is to be an example and to be a model. That if they need to see Jesus, they need to look no farther than us. And yes, men, I do understand. None of us came perfect. We're all work in progress. We come from broken homes or dysfunctional backgrounds and homes that never talk. But guess what? You are not fatherless. You have a father in heaven. Hallelujah. And he's saying, if you can look to him as a model, and if you can now behave like God would behave, you would be a wonderful father in the home. The job of a father is to teach and train the children in the, the way they need to go. Instruct the children. Not to provoke them to anger. Ephesians 6 and verse 4 says. But bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. The job of a father is to be strength. When you look at a father, a father has strength. That's why God has given physical strength to men. My wife, if she wants some things done up in the house. Something that takes strength. She says, can you help me with that? Why? Because I'm the one in the family that has strength. Right now, my son begins to contest that. (laughs) So once in a while, we have one of those physical things. And just the other day, (laughs) I was telling you, I still got it. (laughs) I put him down on the bed, held him there. And like... (laughs) 
know, we have these, you know, we have these uh, wrestling matches between father and son on the bed. It, you know, it's fun. And uh, he said, I said, I still got it. He said, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Father's got strength. Why does God give father strength? So that you can do some of the things that require strength in the family. Everything that requires strength, the father has to do because he has strength. And everything else that does not require strength, you do because you love. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. Why are my men quiet today? (laughs) Amen. Everything else you do because you love. And so God has given strength to men. Why? Because God wants the children to grow up thinking, just like my father was strong to be there for me, my heavenly father will be strong for me. Hallelujah. A father is supposed to represent strength. He's supposed to represent protection. In our home, you know, if, the, if our kids want something, they go to mama to eat. If they want something, I was sharing in the morning service. I was telling, you know, I had three months with my son before my wife and daughter joined us uh, there at Dubai. So those three months with my son, you know, uh, I didn't have much time, so I needed to plan everything out. So I got a menu. And I told him, every day, three meals a day, going by menu. And so, I, you know, to cook something, if you know something about cooking, biryani is an easy thing to cook up, alright? A lot of people come in, one biryani, one salad. So what I would do is I would make this big, big, you know, big can full of biryani and keep it. And even when guests came home, we had food for, you know, 10 people at any given time. Except when the guests would come home and eat, they look at the biryani and say, Wow, that was so tasty, pastor, so wonderful. And they say, oh, even without Kochamma here, you know, really wonderful, everything is going. My son would go open the fridge, look at the biryani and say, oh, no, not biryani again. <laughs> not biryani again. See, because he, the, he had a lot of it. But everything went by menu. Now my wife's come there and she's saying, what do you want? Would you like to have pancake? Or would you? There was nothing like that when I was there. This is what it is and this is how it is. Get going. You see, you know, we, uh, there, there, on one side, there's a, there's a, the father becomes a provider. Yes, he becomes, he, he brings strength, he brings provision, he brings all of that. But when a mother comes in, mother brings in something altogether different. But when there is a, a, a noise in the backyard, amen, they don't run to mommy, they run to daddy. There's a noise in the backyard, amen. Why? Because they know who is the protector. When they know as a father of your home, you have stayed at home, you've taken care of your family, you've taken care of your children. I want you to know when your children grow up in difficult times, when there are fearful moments, they will remember just like my earthly father protected us, our heavenly father will also protect us. Hallelujah. The role of a father to represent God here on earth. A father is not only a protector, he's a provider, he's a giver for God so loved that he gave. He represents giving. Not only does he provide. See, many people think the role of a father is to provide. Listen to me carefully. If you become part of a, 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 any nation that has a good social support system, if they have social security, even the government can provide, okay? They don't need a father to provide. But what is the role of the father? So much more. Than just provision. So this man of God looked at me and he told me, what is she lacking? She has clothes, she has this, she has that, all of that. And I told her, what are you talking about? She was taken care of by her father even before you came along. What does she need a husband for? Sometimes we can be so caught up on provision and spend our morning to night working on provision when we don't and we deprive them of all the other things God has called us to be a father for. Time, love, playing with the children. You know, when COVID hit, no one was allowed to go out of the house. 
And my son, he was all of, I think, you know, it was 12 years or 11 years at that time, or 10 years, I can't remember, 2020. Uh, and I knew my son didn't have anyone to play or anywhere to go. He couldn't go. So as a father, I told him, son, we're going to have football matches. All of those two years, in the terrace of our home, every single day, my son and I, we played football. We played football together until I broke two of my fingers, my toes, playing football with him. And I strapped it and that was the last day I played football and COVID came to an end. And because God wants us to do more than provision. He wants us to be involved in people's lives, in the children's lives. He wants you to play. I remember there was a, when they were small, I would play this little game, crocodile. You know, why? Because crocodile is going to come and catch you and then all the kids will be running around the house and all. Why do we play those games? If they won't remember uh, the physics and the math you taught them, they will remember the times you played with them. They will remember the little games you had with them. They will remember how you prayed for them when they were sick. They will remember, maybe you don't have all the money to give them, but people of God, one thing God has given is given you time. God's given you time that you, a man's job is to be a covering for his family. Many times people, you know, wives want to get out of covering. But once they want to get out of covering, but then they come to a place where they don't have covering, they wish they had covering. Why? Because God has built into the family a desire to be under covering. There is spiritual power in being under a godly covering. When you are a man, you bring belonging to a family. You give them a sense of identity. They say, you belong to this family. When we would go in the village, I remember our, 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 our family in the villages, they would say, that is Raju's son who is going. Now, what is that? It's a belonging. You belong to that home. You belong to that family. A father brings belonging. A father brings identity. Knowing that this is... That's why Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 15 says, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom all fatherhood in heaven and earth is derived, is named. With every family in heaven and earth, He's got their name from the Father. Which means His plan for you in all the families in heaven and on earth is sourced this part of fatherhood from God. He gives you an identity. You're called by, on earth you're called by your Father's name. But spiritually Jesus said, go in my name. In heaven you're called by your heavenly Father's name. Fatherhood gives identity to the children. It gives an inheritance. It may not be much, but it is worth it. When a father gives an inheritance to the children. You know, I was, uh, my, my father is 86 now. And, you know, we grew up and left the nest a good 25 years ago. Right? And uh, yet, at 86, my father today from the village drives 100 kilometers br- from the village, brings egg and, and, and bananas and, and chaka, you know, jackfruit and all these things. Why does an 85-year-old, 86-year-old man need to do that? Because he is father. Everything in his heart constantly wants to give and provide and love. One job you cannot get fired from is the job of being a father. Hallelujah. You don't, you don't retire from it. You don't stop in your old age. Why? Because the day you go home, God has called you to continue representing Heavenly Father here on earth. Amen. That's a powerful call of God. A father gives leadership and shares about the family's mission. He shares about the family's mission. Why we, you know, as a family recently, as our kids were growing up, we felt enough. We have a family mission statement and a family vision statement. And so recently I told my wife, I was sensing in my heart, the kids are growing up. Every day 
after our family prayer, we will, we will speak, we will speak out the family vision and the family mission. So now we have this thing going on here as a little, little family thing. After the family prayer is over, after we say amen, I say, alright, now let's declare our family mission and family vision. And so we started doing that and declaring the family vision and family mission. And, uh, and it was powerful. And so our family mission, our vision is to be a family after God's own heart. And a family mission is to love and honor God by laying down our possessions, our preferences, our prejudice, and our plans for the high and greater price in Christ Jesus. So that at all times and in all things, he will have the preeminence. So I asked my son, so what do you understand from this? He said, basically God is first. <laughs> basically God is first. In all those flowery words you said, he has the uncanny ability to put it. I said, I said I'm glad you understood it here. Now it's time for us to live it here. It's the father's job to give direction for the mission of the family. The father is also authority on behalf of God. But he is not only authority, he is also the one that judges or discerns and disciplines. But he not only judges, discerns and disciplines, he is also one that brings mercy. Because mercy triumphs over judgment. When you see a merciful father here on earth, when you look at heavenly father, you'll see, oh my God is not a God who wants to break my legs. He's a God of mercy. Hallelujah. God is calling us to walk in that role of being a father. And I believe because many fathers are failing. Many times we send the wrong image of God to the land. So many fathers are failing all around the land. That is why 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13 says like this. It says, be watchful. Be what? Watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Can I hear you? What does it say? Act like men. Now I want the louder. Come on, what? Now, act like men, it does not mean flex a muscle. Many times in our culture, we think act like men. If somebody says something, we fight back. Hey, what do you think? That's not acting like men. I mean, a brute animal can fight back. What is act like men? It means behave like the manhood of Jesus Christ. To be a man, listen, to be, to act like men, you don't need muscle. You need a manner of life. To act like men, you need a manner of life. So when your family sees you, they will see the love of God in your life. When your family sees you, they will say, oh, we need to love like daddy loves. We need to forgive like daddy forgives. We need to walk like, because God has placed the father of the home to represent. But many, many times, when the fathers of the father in the home fails, Many fathers are disconnected with their families because they think provision is the main job of a father. Hezekiah was a king. He was a father. And the prophet came and told him, Oh, you will be healed. You'll have another 15 years. But your children will pay a price because of your disobedience. And Hezekiah as a king was a failed father. He was thinking, Oh, as long as... As long as I will be king, as long as I am alive, it's okay. My children, they are going to suffer for this. I won't be alive to see that. That was a failed father who was not concerned about legacy. And I think as fathers, God is placing us in the land. God wants us to be concerned not about our today alone. He wants us to be concerned about the legacy of our children and the legacy of our grandchildren. He wants us to be concerned as time goes on. Many, many times... 
We don't understand broken lives come from broken families. A researcher read up talking about a problem in South Africa, a problem of fatherlessness in the center of everything. They said, the following statistics reflect some of the disturbing factors in South Africa. 63% of the suicides originate from fatherless homes. 70% of juvenile delinquents state or in state-operated institutes are products of fatherless homes. 80% of rapists motivated by displaced anger come from a fatherless home. 40% of all children in their country, their, their research said, do not live with their biological father. 85% of children with behavioral problems come from homes where the father is absent. 90% of homeless children come from fatherless homes. 71% of children who drop out of school come from homes where there are no fathers. These statistics above it seem the most lot of social pathological problems that can be there can be rooted down to a fatherless home. It's time we understand if we don't fulfill this role, the statistics are only going to rise. And you can look in certain nations where fathers are walking out of the homes. You can look in nations where fathers are rebelling and not living and not living at peace. If they don't walk in their role, they found out that crime kept on increasing. They found that men commit 90% of major crimes. Men commit 100% of rapes. Men committed 95% of burglaries. Men committed 91% of the offenses against the family. And men comprise of 94% of drunk driving. If we as fathers don't stand in that place, a generation is going to be lost to the enemy. This is why God said, follow, you know, he represented himself as a father. He said, I am Abba Father. If you are saying, I grew up in a home that I didn't have a father. I grew up in a broken home. Or my father was an absent father. Or my father was an unfaithful father. Or my father was not a responsible father. I want you to know, stop saying I didn't have a good father. Say I have a father in heaven. Hallelujah. I want you to know you have a father. Say it after me. I have a father. He's a good father. He's an ever-present help in time of need. We as fathers are representing God the Father until He calls us home. And after we fathers pass away and go home... The children will still continue to have a father in heaven. We never truly live fatherless. Because God is our father. So if God wants us as fathers to be a lighthouse. God wants us to be a lighthouse in our generation. He wants us firstly to be godly. Men, listen to me. God wants you to be a godly man. God wants you to be a godly man because your generations are going to count on that. I know we have failures. I'm not saying we men are perfect. And of course, our wives do make sure they remind us of that. We are not perfect, you know. We have a lot of imperfections. But, but, but God comes in and says, you know, even though your, your sins are red as scarlet, I'll make it as white as snow. It doesn't matter what your background is. God is saying, I will change your front ground. It doesn't matter if you failed as a father. Now if you will work with me, I will make your future as a father secure. I will use you to restore back into the family. And I will train you to love your family unconditionally. 
I will train you to love your family unconditionally. Because godly fathers will train their children how to love and honor God. A statistics I read blew my mind. Now this would blow your mind, I'm sure. Women in homes where women were the first to turn to Jesus Christ. Homes where women were the first in the family to turn to Jesus Christ. Research found that 44% times the children turned to God. How many? 44. In homes where men were the first to turn to Jesus Christ, research shows that 94% times the children turned to Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? And now you're saying we don't need a man in the home? Oh, that was excess baggage. Men, are you saying that it's better off, they don't like me, I'm not happy, I I should get out? No, you shouldn't get out. You should stay there and learn to love from Heavenly Father. He will anoint you to stand as a man of the family. He will teach you how to love your wife. God will give you grace. Hallelujah. Men, lift your hands and say, Lord, I need your grace. His grace is available for you. You know, three times Paul said, if it's possible, take this thorn away. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. If you feel your family is a thorn, you got it wrong. God's grace is going to come upon your family in a mighty way. Hallelujah. When I began my family life, I did not know how to keep a good family. I had to learn. There are moments I felt we could not go another day. But I want to tell you 22 years later, we can't live without each other for a day. I miss our family. We want to be together because God wants to change failed fathers into powerfully successful fathers in the name of Jesus Christ. But how do you go ahead? God is your father. His word will be there for you. The Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of the father. You're saying, I don't know how to be a good father. And I'm saying, don't worry. Father is there for you. Heavenly Father is there for you. Godly leaders are there for you. Those that have walked. Those that have learned to love. Some of you are married 30, 40 years. And maybe you've never known what it means to be a good father. Maybe you're just known to be a provider. I want you to know God the Father is still there for you. Maybe you still have another 10, 20 years before God calls you home. You can still be a good father. It is not too late. Hallelujah. You know, for many years I've served God. Uh, 33 years of preaching the gospel and... And 26 years of being in full-time ministry. That is good enough time. Uh, And being a type A personality. I'm a go-getter. I love missions. We've gone to the nations of the world. Today the work has spread into different nations. But today where I am today, I can tell you with godly boldness, the greatest dream of my life today, the greatest dream of my life today is not to lead a large mission body. The greatest dream of my life today is to be a good father and a good husband. That is my biggest dream. And that's what I'm living for. Of course, through that, he who cannot do that has no right leading the church. He who cannot be a godly father and godly husband has no right being in the ministry. That's what the Bible says. A godly dad will lean on God. It's your responsibility to lead the family as God is interested in being involved. Lead your family prayers. You might say, I don't know to sing. Well, don't sing. Read. Now you say, I don't know to read. If you don't know to read, pray from your heart. If you don't know how to pray from your heart, then, you know, I don't know, read a prayer, do something, but be involved in the family prayer. Be involved. Why? That will demonstrate to the children that Father God will be there for you. 
Hallelujah. Another generation. Because the children will learn from the fathers. Remember, 94%. Amen. 94%. Lead, be part of the prayer meetings. Take your children to church. Be part of Bible study. Lead Bible study in the home. Speak about God to your children when they sit down and when they get up. Take your family to church. Tell them, come to church. Oh, I don't feel like coming. No, you are coming to church. We are going to worship the Lord together. Engage with the family. Don't just provide. And I think even as I'm closing today, listen to me. One of the enemy's plans is to make sure you feel like a failure. Is to tell you you're not a good father. Is to tell you, don't ask anyone for help. Because you will look less of a man. I want you to know, real men know how to cry. Real men know how to ask if you gotta, if you gotta learn. If you don't know how to drive a car, wouldn't you ask? If you are on a plane that is, is, uh, the pilot's gone off, and you're the one now, wouldn't you say, check control tower, mayday, mayday, help. Hey, real men know how to call for mayday. Amen. It's not a shame, because you can go call mayday to heaven. That's what we call prayer. You can call mayday to a pastor. That's what the Bible is talking about. God has placed elders for us. Don't hesitate to ask for help. Learn to pray for your family. And God will make you a missional family. God wants you not only to be a family. He wants you to be a family on a mission. And I think your main job is not to protect your children from the world alone. But after protecting your children, you need to prepare your children for the world. For God so loved his, the world that he sent his son. He sent Jesus on mission. Our job is not to protect our children, get highest marks in college, in school and all that. Come on, the, come on all the ranks and roles and not know how to be a good father. And not know how to be. God's role is for you to protect them and prepare them to be an answer for a hurting world. Hallelujah. That every one of our families, we must be a mission family. Amen. Come on, I didn't hear an amen. Every one of our families must be a mission family. Full time, part time, doesn't matter. We are on a mission representing God the Father's mission. Amen. We are on Father's mission. Hallelujah. Every family. And I believe God wants to do that. I want to pray for you today. Because I'm going to pray for you, I want to declare over you. The Bible declares in Malachi and chapter 4 and verse 6. And the day of the Lord, He will restore the hearts of the fathers to the children. And he'll restore the hearts of the children to the fathers. I believe the world cannot be taken unless we become godly fathers. And unless the church cannot walk in holiness and in victory unless we become godly fathers. And I've come to tell you today, don't be afraid. You have a heavenly father who is there for you. Amen. Heavenly father is there for you. We're going to pray together right now. But I'd like to pray for the fathers of the homes. I'd like the fathers to rise up to your feet. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray and we're going to ask God for grace this morning. Hallelujah. How many are ready to ask God for grace? Amen. How many are ready to ask God for wisdom today? If any man lacks wisdom, hallelujah, Father is here this morning. Fathers, I want you to know you are not alone. Hallelujah. You're not alone. You're not a failure. Father is there for you. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I worship you and thank you for all these wonderful fathers. They are fathers standing on your behalf in the home. Father, I don't care what their background has been, what their failure has been, what their past has been. I don't care what people have said about them. Today is a new day. 
Father, I pray in Jesus' name that the fatherhood of God will be imparted upon each of their lives. I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be upon them. Father, whether they are young or old, the rest of their days, let them flow with the love of the Father. Let them flow with the anointing of the Father upon their lives. Let them rise up and let their generations be called them blessed. Because they are blessed of the Lord. People around them, would you stretch your hands towards them. So that they would know we are with them. Hallelujah. You are not alone. Father, in Jesus mighty name. As we together stretch our hands out towards these fathers. We pray an impartation of the wisdom and the grace of God upon them. We bless them. We give you glory in Jesus mighty name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I'd like the unmarried men to rise up to your feet right now. I want to pray for you. All the men around the place, you're not yet married. I want you to know you don't have to make all the mistakes the fathers have made. Rise up to your feet. We're going to pray for you right now. You may be a teenager. You may be a young young person. You may be getting ready for marriage. I want you to know God is there for you. Hallelujah. Young men, you may never had a great background or you may have never had a great example. I want you to know God is going to be your example. Amen. You don't have to be a mess. You don't have to be a failed father. You can be a faithful father. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. Come on, stretch your hands towards them. Let's pray for them. Father, we pray for these young men all around the place of God. We believe in these young men. We bless these young men. We pray over these young men. Lord, that they will not be people that look around and they will say, Oh oh Lord, I never had a good father. They will look up and they will say, What a good father we have. Hallelujah. Father, let there be an impartation of wisdom and grace upon their life. They will rise up and be mighty in the land. They will be sons that will hold the name of Heavenly Father high. And they will pour the love of Heavenly Father into another generation. And they will spend their days. Maybe they will not, some people may not have enough money to show others that they have enough money. But Lord, we all have the same amount of time and the love of God in our hearts that we can leave a legacy behind. That Father, after life is done, we will say, look what the Lord has done. We are grateful for these lives. I bless them. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Father's Day. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wscc.in.